0: Block Talk Radio.
1: <coughs> FriendsRadioNetwork.com
0: slash donate. <coughs> we don't need your money to survive. We pay for the network with our own hard-earned cash. <coughs> but if you want to help us grow and reach more people, just go to FriendsRadioNetwork.com slash donate. <coughs> For a donation of $20 or more, we'll send you a free network (coughs) T-shirt. rangeradionetworkcom slash donate. gentlemen welcome to the program we are your host Aaron and Matthew Miller Boy, today uh, is resurrection day me and Aaron got to talking back and forth well actually it stretched us back a few days we was talking about evangelism what why doesn't our church evangelize um it started there and we had no idea that it was going to keep progressing until well we got to today a very important resurrection day uh, because extremely magnified by your mother Uh, baby cakes uh, made a suggestion uh, instead of going to church we might uh, have a car parade and that's exactly what that's exactly what Bowman did we actually took part in a resurrection day parade today Uh, the idea was you know was your mother so it's pretty important that we do this before we do the next broadcast Um, so we need to take talk about what it is Christ accomplished what did he come here to do what was the whole point of, of making the blind see making the lame walk raising the dead what was the whole point yeah
1: and most importantly what are we for
0: who are we amen who are we? Wow. <laughs> well, that makes you take pause, doesn't it? Um, what are we for and Who are? We? Amen. So, your opening thoughts. What's your uh? What's your opening diatribe? Here? Um. Well.
1: I've had uh, non-Christians, uh, like Muslims and you know, others, ask me why God would have to die. Why would God? No, even I had an atheist come to me and say like, if Jesus is a God, why is he being sacrificed to God himself? And you know it you know of course they have their Trinity thing wrong because the father is not the son and you know that, that thing. but
0: he is not a God. He is the
1: yes God. There's one God
0: but the but the son
1: is not the Father, Father is not the son. They are, all three are part of God. They are.
0: I'd like to add this. I just heard a broadcast, a supposed, you know, we'll just whatever, uh, saying that uh, the angel of the Lord was Christ in the Old Testament. Can you clarify that so I don't have to? Jesus can't be.
1: He can't be. Negative. Uh, I,
0: I always say, read the chap-
1: first chapter of Hebrews it's very clear that Jesus is not an angel. Uh another uh, passage it says that Jesus was never incarnated as an angel. He was only incarnated as a man. So uh that that goes into the garbage.
0: Exactly. Uh, but, Thank you. Thank you. Um, it goes precisely in where it came from the garbage.
1: Yeah, it, it's possible that it is the Holy Spirit in a form, but otherwise it's probably just an angel who God's speaking And so who, I mean, uh, and so really that just causes a problem. And Christians upholding this are actually, uh, when you uphold this theory, you're actually upholding the Jehovah's Witness and other Aryans who uh, declare that Jesus is not God, that he's just an angel. And that's where it's
0: going. and, And
1: when you do that, when you do that, I actually wrote a paper. If you do that, then you're not saved. If Jesus was not God. Right. Right. He was not a perfect sacrifice, right. and you're not saved. If he was just a man, you're not saved. And this, I actually wrote some stuff on this, that the scriptures clear that from the foundation of the world, before he created everything, God already planned that Jesus was going to come and die for us. Why did God put the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden in the first place? Why did he do that? If um, Why did he give... Adam, even a chance to sin. Because, would, like, this is the argument that I said. Um, I actually came to know this with my parents. If my dad had never sacrificed anything for me, if he had never gone out of his way to do something for my sake, even if it caused him struggle and stress, would I think that he actually loved me? I mean, he could tell me he loved me all he wanted, but if I never saw him act out his love towards me, I would never really know. And man never really knew what real love was. Jesus, he said to the, to Simon the Pharisee, he said, uh, "That who would love the master more, the one who is forgiven more, the one who's forgiven less." Our love, Adam's love, was incomplete, imperfect, because. Like Job, he had everything he needed. Right, right. He was, I mean, he I mean, he didn't really love God that much because he hadn't seen God get down on the dirt, on his hands and knees, right. and do what he needed to do for him. I mean, and, you know, basically that's what man was. Man was falling in the mud, and God got down into the mud, and he reached down and brought him out of that mud. Right, right. And he, because of him because of what he did we know he loves us we know he loves us because of what he did and that's and that's that's almost you know sometimes when i when i'm angry at, with the jews and with the with the muslims when we come against that that part and i say um so you got you think your god was too arrogant to show his love to you you think your god was too arrogant to come up down come down out of heaven and become like you suffer like you and understand you, okay? Jesus was tempted in all things, so he, right. so, so if I say, oh, I'm tempted with lust, I can't tell God. You don't know what I'm dealing with. Right. I can't tell God, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm dying of hunger. You don't know what hunger's like. I can't say that because Jesus did. Jesus knew what it was like. Okay. And some even say, hundred. 100- times worse it was for him temptation was right. and why G and Jesus when he did that he was literally that was literally the act of God showing his love to us and with Jesus and, and they were like why is God sacrificing something I was like do you understand what a sacrifice is because it has deviated over time if a sacrifice isn't just an uh, killing something and making your God happy. What does God, what do, makes God happy about a sacrifice? If you don't have to, I mean, take the, take for instance, um, you don't, uh, have a lot of money, but you see a poor man, and you see he's about to starve to death and he doesn't have any food, so you sacrifice your money so that he could have food. It's giving up something. Sacrifice is giving up something that is of deep value to you. And the father sacrificed his son. He gave the most important thing to him up. That That was almost the real sacrifice. The father giving up his own son to be tortured to death for our sake. And when Jesus, when he was killed for that reason, he was not only made perfect, but we all have hope because of it. Dad, why did, why did this have to happen? Why couldn't God
0: just snap his fingers? Well, for one, he made the law that only through bloodshed can there be remission of sins. And why? Why is it blood? Well, this is above your pay grade, for one. But, on the surface, it is in the blood where life dwells. It is in the blood. Now, most people don't understand, uh, and we're just going to touch this slightly. I don't want to get into it a whole lot, but I've explained to you this before. It's a toroidal ring. That's what a red blood cell is, because it has no nucleus, right? Any cell without a nucleus is dead, right? Well, how do you explain that? Tell me this, Aaron. What is iron mixed with water exposed to oxygen. What is that? That's rust. Rust. No, no, that's your blood. Okay, when you're anemic and you know this firsthand, when you're anemic, what is the first thing the doctor prescribes to you? Iron. 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 So literally speaking, this is above our pay grade. We don't understand who, what, where, when, why. We don't have to. We're not that smart. It is suffice enough to say that what God said is true. So physically speaking, in this, in creation, God has set up this mechanism that life is flows through this this toroidal force.
1: And let me push this even further. It, when it says the lifeblood, a lot of translations will say lifeblood, the Hebrew actually says the, the soul blood, Right. Nefesh. Yeah. And, and I've studied this, that... The Father seems to represent the soul of man. That's the part of the Trinity that signifies the Father. And so, right. the blood of Jesus Christ is like the body that was broken and the blood that was spilt. This was the blood. And the scripture is very clear. When it says the only begotten, the, the word in Greek is monogenes. Mm-hmm. And it means the only one of his family, the father. The, uh, it's the same word for um, God created the birds after their kind. It's the same word. Their kind. Right. right. God has only one of his kind. Right. Christ, and he took that and he sacrificed and he sacrificed. And so, and I said, how could there be? How could just a sinless man or an angel be pure enough? Have blood that was so powerful that all sin, for all history to come, that had passed, and all that was, was gone. If only you believed in him. Only God could do that. Right. Because only God sets upon the timeline. Only he is perfect. Right. And you can only have one who is perfect,
0: to have perfect blood that right. is powerful enough to do that. Right. And, and you have to realize this has everything to do with time. Do you understand that? It had to come from someone that would remain fresh. That would be a a continual life force. Only God can do that. As I stated, we know from uh, the book of Daniel, when Daniel uh, saw the Lord God sitting on the throne, it said that the fire issued out before him. You have to remember that he sits upon that throne, so he's on the timeline. He's not in it. He's not experiencing time. So Christ, future, past, present, he, he is the only propitiation for your sins. An angel, don't cut it. I mean, we already just talked about this in the last program. You know beyond any shadow of a doubt that even the greatest angel, some would say Michael, his authority has an extenuational limit. It's what Enoch called 70 generations. Correct? You can prove that beyond any shadow of a doubt. Christ the King is on the timeline. Therefore, he was the beginning. He is the beginning. He will be the beginning. And as Jesus, he is the end, he's going to be the end. He was the end. The same and, and, and that's
1: – why does the Bible say um, that I am the beginning and the end, the first and the last? Why Was he saying that he's he started one place and ends somewhere? No. Just no, for no, no. all of you who don't know, Genesis – chapter 1, verse 1. We were just talking about this the other day. After it says, it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Right after it says Elohim, the word for God, right. it has Aleph Tav. Aleph Tav. And those are the first and last letters of Hebrew. Right. And what does this mean? It means that time was created by him and for, for him. So all time for. is for his part. Per- be- literally, when it says that, this meant God set into this with a time plan. Right. Right. Exactamundo. So what's the end? If everything is eternal. Because he, this material, this world is going to end because God's going to destroy it down to the elements and purify it of sin. Literally with the burning fire right. as, as described. Right. As literally described. God's going to recreate this limited world right. into something that is
0: Perfect through Jesus Christ, right? Exactly, exactamundo, uh, beyond any shadow of a doubt. Um, with this mechanism in place, you know when this whatever, when this what you must call it, uh, you know it really, really does tick me off because I, I you know, I love to biblicate, so I'm not going to listen to the Looney Tunes, I'm not going to listen to, uh, you know, uh, rock and roll, when I get something, when I download it, when I'm trying to work, I want to Biblicate, that's what I want to do, so I bring up this broke, uh, this, uh, this, call it, and uh, they, they have this series on the writers, right, and uh, so I was going through the white horse, the red horse, and it just, oh my goodness, just infuriated me when I heard it. Of course, I shut it off, and I just wound up listening to nothing, because there's nothing to listen to. Uh, so, you know, it it upsets me that people don't realize that if you say that, it's proof beyond any shadow of a doubt. Uh, you're not a Christian. No Christian would say that the angel of the Lord was Jesus. No. No, it's
1: not. And people say, oh, it just means a messenger. I mean... The word just means messenger. Well, then just say messenger about why do you have to say angel of the Lord, and that's and your, I mean, a lot of those people will even say that they are, you know, that they believe Jesus is God. If you're going to say that, you can't hold that doctrine. You can't. No. So, um, because, um, of all that, I'm just. I mean, there are certain parts. Okay, so there are certain doctrines, um, in certain churches that we can disagree on, and you're still a Christian. But this is one of them, that you cannot differ. You cannot say Jesus was not God and be a Christian. You cannot be saved if you do not believe that Jesus is God. Because that's pivotal on the fact that you're
0: saved. Exactly. Okay. Well, without getting too upset. This is... This is your firm foundation. Okay, it's because of this thing that God sacrificed his only begotten son. Okay, now that you realize what the mechanism is, he sacrificed the only one that's his kind. The only one he had. Right?
1: Now, he sacrificed. Because, because, take it for instance, why would it say that, only one of his kind? Because there are other sons of God. You, Christians are sons of God angels are sons of God because they're part of his
0: family but there's only one like him of his kind exact among so here i'm here I'm looking um at this particular series i'm I was listening to it's called unraveling revelation um and it just just um anyway when we realize That God did this to his only begotten Messiah. You realize that he penetrates Hades. Okay. Really the real goal. Remember is this. Who was promised redemption? Who was promised? There was a single man that God promised. Look. I'm going to take your seed. You will be a child of the promise all of your your generations, correct? That promise was made to Abraham. That's why inside of Hades there is Paradiso. paradise. That's called Abraham's bosom, right? Yes. So literally the target was the promise. Yes, and um, something that
1: you all should understand is that paradise is the... Persian it comes from the Persian word that means garden. Right. And it refers, to, the word is also referred to in the Septuagint as uh, the, uh, the garden of Eden. Right. It says paradise of Eden. Right. The and so um, what garden means, it's right there in the word, guard. Right. It's guarded. Right. Set apart from other things. Right, right. It was set apart. So this paradise in Hades is set apart from all the evil Right, right. All the suffering for all the sin that had been committed. Right. And all the
0: good is kept in here, like Goshen. Like, exactly. Like Goshen like in Egypt. Yes, exactly. mundo again. Yes, exactly like that. So that's why whenever I speak of it, the only way you can describe this, because it says there's a gup. Well, how can you have a gulf in Hades? There's no up, down. The best way to envision this, it's a floating island. That's the only really... Way we could do it in our brain, or maybe if you was in under the bottom of the ocean, let's say this thing would be a, a a submarine that's floating up and away. It's anyway. You see the point? Yeah. Now, so he had to make it all the way to the dead. He had to make it all the way to Abraham, right? Yeah. He had to make it all the way to Adam. And Jesus, when he says, "Oh, Jesus," when he does does this so
1: jesus he died with all the sin of the world ever to exist on his on him on his body yes when he died where would his spirit go to all of the spirits in my opinion to all the spirits in hades he would be the most evil
0: spirit that ever exists right because all look look you have to understand they could even perceive your sin right but that was 2,000 years in the future. You understand? So he literally, crutchingly, had all sin placed upon himself. So by the time he gets to Hades, they're like, oh my goodness, that's one bad dude. Right? So technically, he would go straight to hell.
1: And we are told... And we're told what he did there. Right. He made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, but here's the catch. You had to believe him. You still had to believe him. If he came there shining bright, like like God, would everybody believe him? No, because that if they did, all of them would be like throw up their hands and be like, oh yeah, let's go, let's go out of here, let's get out of here, let's right. uh, this is this is God, this is saving us from torment. But then if he came as this as this lowly spirit, the lowest thing they ever did see, coming down there and preaching to them, right? Once they this is this was their hope and they still have to choose to believe this is why he preaches gospel to them and so um there's a suggestion that possibly he cast the sin directly onto his angel's head after that but we're not sure um or if it just all burned off in a sense well
0: but let well, yeah. easy okay easy and ladies and gentlemen if you want the background info on this, you're going to have to go to the broadcast we just did before this and Uh, uh, come to a reckoning thereof with that episode. But you and I both know that Michael did what to Azazel? He chained chained him first. Okay. And we know from the Pharisees' own mouth there was this upheaval. There was an explosion of demonic activity, correct? Literally there was a black awakening during Christ's ministry. And the Pharisees readily admitted this was because of Belzebul, the firstborn of the scapegoat, correct? So, when you realize that, you realize that is a Azazel out running around? No. So you know beyond any shadow of a doubt? Christ got there in the nick of time before the 70 generations was expired. Okay? We know that because, well, remember the calculation that you did that come back to the number 14? Can you explain that?
1: Um, I divide, um, uh, from
0: dividing 70 by, uh, that's right, what did you get?
1: I got, 40.
0: so, when you realize the ramifications that all oh, this makes sense well you have to believe it first but once you believe it, you, you, you're standing there God will lead you to that equation obviously he does not get unleashed from the abyss until of course the great day of he is who set upon the throne right because Michael's authority ran out at Christ because that was 70 generations he had been bound with chains correct so, Christ explodes from the grave, correct? Well, could make the argument that what what Christ did was bind him up with all those sins. And literally, Enoch comes true, and by that, all the sins that Christ took upon himself, he put on the scapegoat. And that's why it would say, until the completion of sin. That, no so that is what it says until the completion of sin and uh, Jesus uh, also the epistle of Hebrews is very clear that Jesus became
1: perfect in a sense by which he was on the cross and being as having suffered he became perfect and sense. god he saw us suffering, right He saw us get hurt and die, right but he didn't i mean there there's a difference between knowing about it and experiencing it right huge difference God knows everything but he hadn't experienced everything yet right. and when Jesus came down he was made perfect by experience right exactly and he experienced death like we all like
0: we all do right and this is literally pivotal it's well pivotal on yourself. you can say this let's take this back to Genesis okay we know how things are perfect right Here, let me educate you. Let me edify you, son. You were made perfect in time this way. There was evening and there was morning. One day. Right? Right? There is evening. There is morning. There was two days. Remember how the Hebrew states it? The Hebrew states it that way. There was evening. There was morning. Christ was born. Then he was dead, right? He lived. Yeah. And then he was resurrected.
1: Yeah. Today I I just had the thought, uh, the most um, uh, a very interesting statement that just woke me up, and I I said, Jesus, "This is like this is like Jesus's birthday." And I took a moment. And I was like, "It was yes. Jesus, Jesus." was born today why you always might wonder why does the bible say jesus is god's firstborn does that mean there's a second born and a third born why would it say that okay because here you see in the passage um this is this is uh revelation 1 verse 5 Jesus christ the faithful witness the firstborn of the dead the ruler of the kings of the earth to him who loves us and released us From From our sin, by his his blood. blood. And so, why is he called the firstborn from the dead? Well, there's two um, important reasons to why Jesus was in the grave three days. One of them is, what's the the difference between the length of time Jesus was in the grave and the length of time Lazarus was in the grave? Lazarus was in the the grave four four days. And I looked it up for a reason. When does the body start to decay? Start to decay. On day number four That's right. And the scripture then says quite quite clearly that God did not let his son suffer C decay. See right. So and so literally that that was that was very pivotal that Jesus came without decay, but Lazarus, as we know, he stunk when he gave out of the right. right. Jesus didn't. Because it was only on the third day. And so, um and then there's another reason. And this is very important to why he's called the firstborn, or why he was born. Remember Jonah? It says, the sign of Jonah. Just as Jonah was in the belly of the sea monster for three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And I actually took a class on Hebrew. Um, my first class in Hebrew in high school, um, when I was homeschooled, they had us translate um, the the book of Jonah. Word for word. And something very interesting. In the first chapter of Jonah, when it mentions the great fish, it is masculine. The word is dag. Right. Dagon. The second chapter, it says, describes the fish as feminine. It's this dagah. That's right. Why? Why? And then the Jews scramble to figure out why. Because he was pregnant, in a sense, with Jonah. He was going to spit him back out. In a sense, he was going to give birth to Jonah. Right. The fish was about to spit him back out in a sense that over the three days and three nights. Right. That's when he was going to be spat back up. In the same way, the earth became pregnant with Jesus. With Jesus, correct. When Jesus was inside the womb or the heart of the earth. Of the earth. Right. It became pregnant with him. And he was given birth, gave birth to him when he rose up from the dead. Right exactamundo and so that's why this is Jesus' birthday this is the resurrection why does it say that he conquered death in this sense um because he is the sign we're all going to be resurrected too right in the exact same way he was right the earth is going to be it's in a sense still pregnant with the saints
0: and once we're all there where is Abraham where is the father of the prophets? Where is he? Exactly, That's why you are illicitly told Christ does what before he comes back? He comes back with who? Sex. That's right. So he goes, releases them from death, and when they crash our party, they are born again. Amen? Mm-hmm. So he's, um, this is, um, I mean, this is his
1: birthday, people, in a sense. If you understand it that way, I mean, and um, also in the sense that when you're forgiven, I mean, you know, I've mentioned this before to people, we're not the same person anymore. No, no. When you're forgiven, no. your you're sin, creation, your sin is dead. Literally, it was killed off by Jesus Christ. <laughs> literally by Jesus Christ. Right, literally. And um, if you, like, see time as, like, a circle... <laughs> In a sense, bless your sin going on to Jesus all the way back in those days. So um, so when you um, believe in him, you're talking about, and then you say, oh, I murdered that person. Or I did drugs back then. You're, you're talking about a person who doesn't exist anymore. Now your sin, your sinful nature may, will, will try to come back. And you have to continually kill it off with the power of Jesus Christ. But that person's dead. You're something else. And start acting like it. Start acting like you're not that person. That person doesn't define you. There's one name that defines you. And that's what can... That's we. we knew, I mentioned this before. When you see all my social media, I state on there that I'm a hardcore Christian. The first thing I say, that is who I am. And that's what... What annoys me with 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 some people, they say, "Oh, their first thing is, oh, I'm a musician," and then the um, then the gay pride parade. The people say, "Oh, and then they parade around about how they're homosexual or bisexual or whatever," and um, even not. I mean, even with the when they bring the argument with that up to you, it's like, "That's who I am." There's one thing that defines you, in Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is Christ. Christ right. defines you. Right. I mean, you are – why does it say that all homosexuals go to hell? Because once you're saved, you're not a homosexual. Yeah, you're a Christian. You're a Christian. You're a Christian. If, if you are a murderer and you get saved, you're a Christian. You're not a murderer. Right. And I and then I actually understood this at a very young age. People – my siblings who bring up um, things, oh, you. yeah, but you did the same thing too a long time ago. I remember. I said, no, I didn't. It's gone. It's gone. I repented of it. God has eradicated, And that's why no one can bring that up against you anymore. Mm -hmm. Somebody, and also remember, that if you have a, a toxic person in your life and keeps bringing back your sins or the things that you did in the past and making you feel horrible, try saying, no, I didn't. It doesn't exist anymore. It says your sin is as far as from the east of the west, as if to say that if you brought your sin back up to God, and say, yeah, remember when I did this? God would say, uh, no, I don't remember. What are you talking about? It's gone. It's all in the books.
0: It's erased out of the book of life. Right. Right. And let's, uh, let's remember this, 2 Timothy 2.19. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who names the name of the Lord... Is to abstain from wickedness. Okay, so you don't continue the murder. Okay. No, because uh, I mean, I mean,
1: the scripture is quite clear that if it says, "If you love me, you'll keep my commandments," right? And if you're out committing murders once you're Christian, and you're that means you're not keeping his commandments. I guess that must mean you don't
0: love him. And if you don't love him, are you really saved? Let me interject, just so no one is misled. How many commandments are there? There are ten, and there are ten commandments, um,
1: by which we follow in the Old Testament. That was the first one that he gave us. Right. And then Jesus Christ in uh, Matthew, he gives us the Beatitudes, which is uh, love your neighbor. self, which is how people know you're a Christian. And furthermore, he says, all the law can be summed up oh, yeah. into one. I oh, am. Yeah love and so you as long as you love i mean literally if i'm saved and i love jesus christ i don't even have to worry about committing adultery right or, not, any of that adultery. because it's not part of my nature anymore right you're i love him so of course i wouldn't do it right and so you i mean i, I know that some of us have that sinful nature that falls kill it don't let it grow back right purify yourself as, as the scripture says sanctify yourself make yourself holy holy means to um, separate in, in Hebrew it means the one set apart right it's set apart from all other things just like paradise it's set apart from Hades right right and so um you and that's and that's very important that you, that you continue to live in what you've been saved don't let that don't let but but also what I what I was trying to say is don't let anything define you if you're a Christian, your sin does not define you. Christ defines you. And so so I'm not uh curly-haired, brown-haired uh male. I'm a Christian.
0: And this this is a this, boy, this is the firm foundation right here. Okay? Because most people would say we're Caucasian, right? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, well, let's let's take my grandmother for uh, for instance. She's full-blooded Indian, right? No, no. And 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 then my grandpa was full-blooded German, right? No, 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 no. I'm a Christian. Not an Indian. Not a German. Not a Caucasian. I'm a Christian. I'm not short. I'm not fat. I'm not tall. I'm certainly not beautiful. I am a Christian. And once you start adding things. Next to that Christian.
1: I use the word hardcore Christian in a sense to stand not nominal. I'm actually without my faith. But um once you add things like um I'm a black female Christian, then you're you're adding to your definition. No, you're corrupting his image. Yeah. So if so if I start saying I'm um you know, I, I'm a Mormon Christian, you I've added to it. No, you're corrupting his image. You're only a Christian. You, and, and I've written down all the statements of faith by which if you believe these things, you're a Christian. There are other things that we talk about, like the rapture. I mean, we, we do not believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. Is that pivotal on your salvation? No. You don't, I mean, that doesn't mean you're going to hell if you believe in the rapture. You don't believe that. There are some things that you have to believe to be saved. You have to believe Jesus was born of a virgin. You have to believe that Jesus was God. You have to believe Jesus was sinless. Right. And you have to believe that Jesus was entirely man. Right. You have to, in order for you to be saved,
0: in order for him to be your Messiah. And you also have to believe that he was entirely God. And he entirely volunteered to sacrifice himself. Yeah, so you have to, yes, all the above. Yeah.
1: So these things um, I, you all need to come to grips with and don't let someone, they use, they use, you know, smooth words by which they can get their little, you know, their pick into you and get under your skin. Like the the Muslims say, oh, Jesus is the Messiah, but he's not God. And you say things like that. They just get onto their, to they say the right smooth words to lead you astray. And that's why I've mentioned before, what is apologetics for? Apologetics isn't for saving people, okay? I'm not going to win uh, an atheist over by, you know, um, proving the Bible's true. No. 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 That's not going to give them the good news. That's that's not the good news. Jesus when, knows. Jesus, Jesus knew when to defend himself and when not to, and I've pointed this out. Jesus right. knew when to defend himself and when not to. And why was he defending his doctrine? I don't think he was defending the doctrine for his sake. But for those who are listening, right. right, and so by his argument, by the debate points that he gave, oh, but what you said isn't consistent with what is written. What I'm saying is consistent, and th- and then not only would the Pharisees expose their false beliefs, literally in their in their in their evil, but they, but literally Jesus did that for the sake of doctrine, and this is why you need to know your apologetics so that people can not get their pick into you and start cutting the truth out you need to know it's true you can't let someone tell you that Jesus isn't God or you're not saved you have to you have to believe you're, he was God or
0: what are we what are we indeed we are nothing we are only Christ literally he's the only good and
1: I, um, for some of you Christians, um, I, I do, to, to a lot of you who may be struggling with your faith, I suggest you to watch the movie, uh, The Passion of the Christ, if you haven't seen it. Um, uh, it's in Latin and Aramaic, but it has, um, subtitles that are English. And, um, it has some Catholic stuff that's been thrown in there, but, um, still, it strengthened my faith. To see, like people were talking about, oh, it's too brutal. This movie is rated R, just because of the of how brutal it was. And what is the importance of the brutality of it? Because it happened. Jesus didn't just go up there, and you know, you know, eh, it stings a little. Jesus was pretty much dead by the time he got to the cross. But and the tears that I shed while watching that movie remind me, Jesus, I know Jesus loves me because he did that for me. He did all that for my sake. And remind yourself, Jesus was tortured to death. One of the worst tortures in the world. Recently I found out that Jesus was probably nailed through the Achilles heel. Um which was which is really pretty much the the um in your heel where you have the the little gap between your bones and and the and the back and the heel bone. It's, um, it's, uh, what is it? Is it a tendon? Yes. Yeah. If you break it, it's one of the most, considered one of the most painful things you could ever feel. Right, right. And yeah. they nailed him through. Both of, yeah, both of his heels were nailed through. I'm yeah. saying this because that they found escalatorial esculotag- exculotag- evidence, sorry, um, that, um, that's what they did with the bodies. So oh, we're done who crucified. So, Jesus was in immense, horrible pain. That's how I know he loves me. That's how I know that he cares about your struggles. He cares what you're going through and your temptations. And he's, he can literally sit back, sit next to you and say, yeah, I get it.
0: Because he got it. He did. I
1: mean, I don't know if he had like um, my depression disorders, like I do, but he suffered well, depression
0: one hundred percent. Okay. We've read today. Um, one of the primary reasons why I use, I have always argued for the case third time is a charm. Leading to the Garden of Gethsemane, how many times did he come back and say, "You're asleep"? I mean, you have to understand it. By that third time in your life, he was wounded. I mean, he was truly wounded. By the third time when he got there and he realized that they were on the way, and he caught him sleeping again, and as he's saying, hey, you guys, they're they're right on top of us, they show up. I mean, how depressed would you want to get? Yeah, and how could you you deal with
1: that depression of having the sin of a, a murderer, a rapist on your mind.
0: A billion. Degree.
1: Right, to the nth degree. Yeah. All on your head. All, All of it on your head. I mean, I, I talked to a pastor before, I was like, well, when Jesus asked the Father not to, uh, if if he could take his cup from him instead so he wouldn't have to deal with it, was, what was he afraid of? Was he afraid of the pain? I said, I thought it was the pain, and he said, I think it was because of the sin that he was going to have to bear. And that would just... I, Literally he says, Why have you forsaken me? Right. The father forsook his son. They say he literally could not look at him because of the sin that he bore on him on his back. And so um
0: yeah. The firstborn from
1: he knows what you're going through, guys. And um he made it through fear saying. This is God himself getting down on the dirt. To remind yourself what he you did. I encourage you to watch the movie to understand exactly what he did. and when you understand that, you'll know that he's with you and he's given you the strength and the hope. Nobody had hope before him. Nope. Everything else was in just in idols and silver and gold. Because what else do you put your faith in? If you are going to die and go to hell because of your sin. And there's nothing you can do to get rid of it. All you can do is hope you have enough money, or the right resources to sacrifice an animal for your sin. Um, Jesus did that for you. He gave you enough sin.
0: Till next time, ladies and gentlemen. God bless. God speak.